the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Well, good morning and welcome to another edition of the Larry Rosenthal Show. We are pleased and privileged once again to have Dinaology in the house. Good morning. Where where are the cheering fans? I, I don't hear them. I, I, <laughs> I hear Bob going, yay. Yeah, I hear Bob in the background. <laughs> I don't know why I'm here because absolutely nothing happened this week. Oh, okay. So should we just like uh, wrap it up and go on <laughs> home then? Or? I guess not. No, you're you're here because of the knowledge in which you can impart to our listening audience. Well, and and I must say that that was totally sarcasm on my part. It has been an unbelievably eventful week yeah. uh, for for market watchers. This was one for the for the yearbooks. The Dow hit twenty two thousand this week mm-hmm. for the first time ever. Yesterday, the Dow closed above. 22,000. That's amazing. It, it really is. Um, you know, there's there's lots of, of people out there giving their opinion on what's done it and what hasn't done it. Um, I will tell you that uh, corporate profits are just, they're through the roof right now. Corporate profits are doing quite well. So if we were to prognosticate and guess about this and say, according to Dina, what do you think is causing all of this? I think it's corporate profits. Is it? Okay. I, I, I do. You know, I, I I think that there can be some small link to the current administration. I don't think they can take full credit for it. Some of the policies. Um, some of the expected policies. I mean, there there's not been a lot happened yet that That's I true. that I would deem market friendly. But um you know, I, I really just have to put most of the most of the the boost on this this corporate profits machine because the machine is running. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The machine is running well. So, the Dow hit twenty two thousand for the first time this week. Ended at twenty two oh nine two yesterday. So that means the Dow's up eleven point seven nine percent for the year. Over the past twelve months, the Dow is up twenty point three eight percent. How yeah. high can it go? Well, it seems to want to keep going. That's great. Um, and the interesting thing about the Dow, lots of people watch the Dow and they want to peg their portfolios to the Dow. Uh, by that, I mean they want to compare their portfolios to the performance of the Dow. I want to caution our listeners, don't get don't get sucked into that. The Dow is an index comprising only 30 U.S. stocks. Mm-hmm. So to to 
benchmark a fully diversified portfolio that may have bonds, it may have small cap stocks, it may have international, to compare the two is something like apples and oranges. Would it be okay to compare it to something like the S&P or something like that? Similar conversation. The S&P is 500 very big United States-based companies. If your portfolio is comprised only of very big United States-based companies, it's a fair comparison. Mm -hmm. If you have a fully diversified portfolio, again, with large, medium, small-sized U.S. stocks, some bonds, some foreign, maybe even some emerging markets, maybe even some I'm getting exotic here. Maybe even some foreign bonds. Oh, wow. Okay. Again, an apples and oranges conversation, mm-hmm. right? And you're really only in competition with yourself, really, aren't you, in the end, and trying to make sure that your portfolio fits you? I, I would, yes, but I would say the truly successful portfolio is that one that mirrors your financial plan and that achieves the rate of return necessary for your financial plan to be successful. Right. Okay. It's all about the plan. It's To me, yes, it's all about the plan. If your financial plan says you only need 7.5% for your plan to work forever, anything that you achieve above that, that's gravy. Mm-hmm. That's an extra vacation with the kids a year. That's maybe a beach house somewhere fun, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, or an extra, right? an extra muscle car in the garage. Eh, perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> I like that idea. Um, speaking of the S&P, the S&P was up just a smidge this week. The S&P is up 10.6 for the year, 14 and a half over the past 12 months. The NASDAQ was actually down a tiny little bit, but the NASDAQ is still up just below 18% for the year, 23% over the past 12 months. In either of those major indices and in quite a few of the foreign indices, we have had a stellar 2017. We've had a stellar 12 months. If you have a diversified portfolio and you're monitoring that and you're rebalancing, you should be having similar performance. When you really think about this, if you you could have missed the boat a little bit here if you hadn't hadn't done some planning. And maybe that's uh, an indicator that you should think about getting a financial plan and maybe moving forward so that you can take advantage of some of these wonderful gains that are happening in the marketplace. If you'd like to call and talk to our financial retirement expert here in the studio, here's the phone number, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123, to capitalize on the knowledge of Dina Ology, our financial and retirement expert in studio today. You make me sound so good. <laughs> uh, you know what? There's been a lot of economic news this week, so I want to focus on, on some of that. Uh, we had a very very solid U.S. employment report this week. The U.S. labor markets remain tight for July. The unemployment rate actually slipped down to 4.3%. That's a 16-year low. The economy added another 209,000 jobs. It was expected to add 180,000. Yes. So the, the job growth is good, but however, wages remain very, very restrained average hourly earnings are holding steady at about 2.5% annual growth. So uh, overall, wages are outpacing inflation just a smidge. But when inflation returns to normal, that's not going to be the case. Which may mean that the Fed's going to have to start inching those rates up a little bit more and a little bit more. Well, and and interestingly enough, the Fed met and they said, okay, we're going to start tapering back some of what we did, uh, some of the remnants of what we did to stave off the recession of 08. Mm -hmm. Good. We're nine years past. Let's, let's, Let's see what the economy can do on its own. 
Yeah, we really would be nice to, to stave off another recession. Hopefully we won't see one of those for a while. Well, we haven't seen one in nine years. Yeah. So it just you have to understand a couple of things. First of all, all recessions don't look like 2008. They're not all this deep, dark thing that sends unemployment into the double digits, that sends housing values crashing down, stock values crashing down. A recession is a normal part of an economic cycle. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's not something necessarily to be feared. You can dread it a little bit. It's not fun. But a normal recession isn't this long, protracted thing that we saw a few years back. The definition is something like uh, two or three quarters. Uh, has... two, two consecutive quarters of falling GDP growth. Yeah, okay. Okay, right now GDP is very solid. Right now it looks as though U.S. companies are continuing to make money. The corporate profits, most of, com- most of U.S. companies have reported their second quarter earnings, and they look very, very strong. Um, looking forward to third quarter earnings, expecting some similar. And as long as that is the case, we can stave off recession a little while longer. What do you say to your clients at this point? You see this wonderful growing economy. How does that really translate to how they handle things within their own financial plan? Well, the mantra is stay the course. Mm -hmm. Things are going quite well right now. Clients have very nice profits right now. Sometimes a client will come in and they'll say, you know what, I see that the market is at an all-time high. I see that the Dow is at 22000 I think the next thing to happen is a crash, so I want to sell everything and capture my profits. Well, that is certainly one way to look at it, but there's a lot of space between an all-time market high and a market crash. Mm -hmm. There are lots of things that markets can do between here and there, and just because we've hit an all-time high doesn't mean a crash is looming. Mm -hmm. How many all-time highs have we seen in the past three months? Several. We've seen quite a few. We saw three this week. Wow. Right? Well, would you see at least advise them to take some of the money off the table, possibly? It is a great time to look at rebalancing the portfolio. Okay. Because you're going to have some pieces of the portfolio that have gone absolutely gangbusters. If you have shares in the QQQs, we call them the Qs, it's the index Index that mirrors the NASDAQ. If you have shares in that, they've gone wild and crazy. Why not take some of those profits off of that particular holding and put it into something that hasn't done quite as well? You're going to say, well, why am I going to take from a great performer and put it into into a lagger? Because sooner or later, they flop places. They mm-hmm. switch. If tax reform goes through, and this is me supposing, this certainly isn't written in stone, but if, if corporate tax reform passes and it's a meaningful corporate tax reform, I believe you'll see small caps do quite well. Mm-hmm. Small caps have lagged a bit this year. So might it be a smart thing to rebalance some of the profits from uh, a, a high performer into a, an underperformer like small caps in anticipation of perhaps some corporate tax reform. Well, I've heard that the small caps or the small businesses in the United States are really somewhat of the backbone or one of the largest growing uh, things that are... In, in the in the early stages of post-recession recovery, it's usually the small caps that lead the way. Mm-hmm. They will usually have faster growth, bigger growth over the same time period than large companies. So it's something to watch for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I I still think this train is running. I still think that there's lots of corporate profit to be made. We've got wonderful unemployment numbers. 
this can run for a little while longer. Nice. Yes, absolutely. Let's take a quick break here for just a moment. If you'd like to talk to Dina Ology, our financial and retirement expert here in studio for Larry this week, we have a phone number for you to call. And now's a great time to get in on those lines, 855-767-3123. Any questions at all about how you should be balancing your portfolio or maybe putting things together for a financial plan? Again, 855-767-3123. Back in a moment with more of The Larry Rosenthal Show. You are listening to Making Money Sense Live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Have you ever wanted to be part of something big? Nonprofit organization called SARS Children Africa. Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life? Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise. Now you can be part of something that brings hope. What we do is we actually pay for the school fees. For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the, the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494, or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703 703- 201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. You are listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show with Dino Allergy on air guitar there, just so you should know. <laughs> Give us a call if you have questions for our financial and retirement expert here in studio today, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. You know, I, I talk about different things every time I'm here, and I've talked about estate planning a, a couple of different times, but I, I keep getting questions, and I, and I think that there's some misunderstanding out there about what estate planning really is. So I'd like to spend some time today talking about that. Um, there's there's a, a misconception that estate planning is only for the fabulously wealthy. <laughs> and maybe a, a few decades past, maybe that was the case, but not so much anymore. So let's talk about first the components or the basics of estate planning. For you to have done estate planning for your family, you need a few things. And these are things that you would likely have drawn up by an attorney in your state. The first thing is a will. That's that's really the bedrock. That's the cornerstone of your estate plan. That is where you would designate guardianship for minor children, mm-hmm. for example. Unfortunately, a lot of people stop there, though. Well, they do. And and. Perhaps that's okay, and perhaps it's not. I, I would tend toward that not being mm-hmm. the full plan. So some other components of an estate plan, a trust. A trust is quite often a very nice complement to a will. The uh, um, the powers of attorney 
that would designate someone to handle your financial affairs if you can't, the medical directive to tell doctors how far you want them to go to keep you alive. You know, I found out something about powers of attorney the other day. I think it may have been you who told me that they end death. A lot they people, do. A lot of people think that they can continue to, monitor, to handle the state after, but no. No, that and in fact, that is one of the common misconceptions that I hear in talking with clients. Oh, well, my relative passed. I was their power of attorney, so I still have this power of attorney, and mm-hmm. I can handle their affairs. No, you cannot. Mm-hmm. Now this becomes the job of an executor. Wow. And does that happen with like bank accounts and everything else? Everything that that person owned while they were living now becomes the responsibility of someone who has hopefully been designated in advance, like an executor. Mm-hmm. Um, or a trust or something. Or a other. trustee. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yes. those are important things, very yes. important things to realize. So, so I want to spend some time talking about what these different components do in an estate plan, where they might be appropriate. And I also want to spend some time today talking about beneficiary designations because people don't understand the power of a beneficiary designation in I mean, a lot of cases. Leaving everything to my poodle, and that's, my, that's also going to be my beneficiary designation. I think you've probably got two or three people in your life who would not be happy with that idea. Of course, I'm kidding. Sorry, honey. I'm not the poodle. He, <laughs> your poodle's name is Honey. <laughs> uh, maybe not. You are distracting me from the business sorry, at hand. Sorry. Continue, you, continue Dina. You and your poodle. <laughs> oh well. Wow. Okay, so back to estate planning. I mentioned before that a will is sort of the bedrock of an estate plan. This is your personal declaration of where you want your property to go when God calls you home. Mm -hmm. Everyone should have one. Uh, One of my early uh, trainers when when I first got into this business almost 20 years ago, she used to say to me, Dina, if you don't have a will, the Commonwealth of Virginia has one for you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you can either make your wishes known or you can let the Commonwealth or the state of Maryland or the District of Columbia figure it out for you. In a very public way. Well, the, uh, here you go. Public is a really big word when it comes to wills. Even if you have a will, it is matter of public record because anything that goes through your will is going to pass through the process known as probate. Mm-hmm. So, while a will is the cornerstone of your financial plan, it's not the be-all, end-all. With a will, you can choose your executor. You can choose the person to distribute all your stuff. You can designate a guardian for your minor children or others who can't care for themselves. You can distribute your property. You can take care of charities that are near and dear to your heart. And that's kind of it. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of a very private person, and I know there's tools, and there, you're going to talk about those so that you can keep this kind of out of the public eye. Well, you can, and, and I'm going to get to that. I know you I, will. I, know you will. I, I want to talk about the will and make sure that our listeners fully understand what this will do and what it won't do. Okay. Okay. Keeping it out of the public eye, a will will not do. No. A will is simply a, a, well, what I'm going to call a simple will. It, it just simply transfers your, your property from you to someone else when you pass. It will only transfer the property that's held in your name. If you own something jointly, for example, you own your home with your wife, mm-hmm. it's not going to transfer the home to somebody else. So she would get in the entire 
benefit of that? If you own your home as joint tenants with rights of survivorship, Mm -hmm. the person who is that joint tenant, in your case, your wife, Mm -hmm. would own the home in its entirety upon your passing. Mm -hmm. That's the rights of survivorship is important there. It is. It absolutely is. If you have a trust, you still need a will for the assets that aren't going to pass through the trust Mm -hmm. because everything won't. That brings me to the trust as a complementary device to go with the will. A trust is something that is quite private. It does not, anything that is titled in the name of this trust will not go through that very public process of probate. There won't be anyone who can go down to the courthouse and see what property passed through your trust because it's not filed at the courthouse. Can anybody find that information, or is it very... It's private. Wow, nice. It is absolutely private. Now, a trust is a little more of a complicated thing. When you put together a will, you file the will with the county where you live, you stick it in your safety deposit box or your safe at home, and you're done. Mm -hmm. There's no retitling of anything. The passing of the property happens at your death. If you establish a trust with an attorney, the attorney will write up the trust document with all the rules that you want incorporated. Mm-hmm. There are some standard things that go into trust, but as the as the grantor of the trust, you can decide what happens with any property that passes through it. If you have, for example, a child who is not great with money, we mm. call them a spendthrift, you can put what are called spendthrift provisions in that trust so that they can't blow through their inheritance. <laughs> Forcing spendthriftiness, I guess, is a better way of saying what's Absol- happening. Absolutely. You can do things like that. Yeah. If you want your children to be a little bit older when they inherit from you, you can put that in there. There aren't a ton of parameters that you have to adhere to when you put together a trust. Yeah, I kind of wonder about that. Later on, you can have your child come up to you and say, hey, Dad, why did you do this to me? <laughs> there's, there's other implications to that, but... Well, it doesn't but still become it's you a, being a good parent it, in helping them out. And it is you making, hopefully, the best decisions you can for the assets that you've worked hard to accumulate over your life. It's another way of looking at it, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And depending on how you choose to handle the construction of the trust, it may be something that doesn't even come out until you pass. Mm. Some families have those conversations and say, look, mom and I or dad and I have put together this trust and here's what the trust says. And then sometimes they don't. (laughs) You just find out a little bit later on. The good thing is if you put a trust together today and you decide 10 years from now that family situations have changed and you want to amend the trust, you may do so. Okay. It's never written in stone until you pass away. I've heard people say, well, I've got this trust, and then I hear it later on that the trust was not funded and it really wasn't a trust. Have you heard that before? I've absolutely heard that, and that is the big part of the trust conversation. If you go to an attorney and you have him draw up a trust document for you or your family, until you do something with it, it's just a document. Mm -hmm. The trust acts as a a catch-all, as a bucket, if you will. So it's an empty bucket without... Without any action on your part, the bucket is empty. You have to title things in trust name for the trust to own them. So if you have a brokerage account at E-Trade that is in your name only, you would go to E-Trade and say, hey, E-Trade, I have a trust. I would like for my brokerage account to now be owned by my trust. 
And that doesn't really change anything. It changes nothing because while you're alive, you are the trustee of this trust. Wow, that's a, that sort of opens some, uh, some things in my mind about what I should be doing with some of the things that I have. Well, and let me be clear here. I'm talking today about a revocable living trust. Mm-hmm. This is a trust that acts as, as that catch-all for things while you're alive. You title things in trust name. You are the trustee, so you still control it. You can still do whatever you want with the things that are held in the trust, but at your passing, the trust dictates who gets what. Mm, I see. The trust keeps everything labeled in trust name out of probate, keeps it private. Are there any taxation issues or considerations here with trusts? Not normally. There, there is one big category of, of issue, an asterisk, if you will, that I'll put on this whole conversation. You would not, under any circumstance, retitle your retirement plans in trust name. If you do that, and I don't know of any financial organization that would allow you to. Okay. They, they would say, don't do this. Mm-hmm. But if you did do that, it would trigger immediate taxation on those dollars. Oh, wow. That's not the point. Right. No, you want to try to make sure that that's taken care of in a nice and planned way. That's right. You may consider having your trust be beneficiary of your retirement plans, but there's also a big asterisk on that. If the trust isn't written such that it qualifies as what's called, and here's here's some jargon, sorry, if it doesn't qualify as what's called a conduit trust or a pass-through trust, you could unknowingly eliminate some real tax benefits on those retirement plans for your heirs. Mm. There's, so There's some strategy here. Th- there is. When we're talking retirement plans, and by this I mean your government thrift savings plan, I mean your 401k, your 403b, your 457, your 401a, I'm sure there's more I've forgotten. Mm-hmm. Those types of plans and trusts must be handled very, very carefully. There aren't a lot of situations where I would recommend having a trust be the beneficiary of those retirement plans. Would you say, or at least go out on a limb maybe and say that almost everybody should get a trust? Would you say that? Um, I would say that anyone who wants privacy, mm-hmm. anyone who wants to be able to somewhat control the assets after death, I think they're a good candidate for a trust, and I think they should absolutely discuss it with their estate planning attorney. But absolutely everyone should have a will. Absolutely everyone should have a will. Mm -hmm. Everyone should have a durable power of attorney. The durable power of attorney allows someone to handle your financial affairs if you're incapacitated and can't do it. Okay. I guess I I always thought of just power of attorney. I don't know if that that durable – is that just the way that – it's supposed to be said, and I've just not said it that way? Correct. Okay. <laughs> now, there's also a general power of attorney that is for a specific circumstance. Okay. The durable power of attorney will enumerate all the circumstances under which your designee can act on your behalf. Outstanding. You are listening to The Larry Rosenthal Show with Dina Ology, our financial and retirement expert here in studio, taking your questions live right now. If you'd like to dial in, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123, and we'll be back in just a moment with more. Stay tuned.
You are listening to Making Money Sense Live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Housing prices and interest rates have started to move up. This may be your last chance to take advantage of low rates and housing bargains. If you're considering purchasing a home within the next year, you need to call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage First to take advantage of his Loan First program. This can give you a winning bid over the competition, even when you come up against cash offers. The Loan First program will have you fully pre-approved so that you understand all aspects of your loan before you start looking for your dream home. Buy in confidence when you have your Loan First certificate, which shows the seller your loan is already pre-approved and they can avoid any unnecessary negative surprises at settlement. Troy's been helping homeowners for over 20 years in the D.C. metro area, and he and his team are ready to help you. Call him today at 571-490-7117. That's 571-490-7117 for your loan first pre-approved certificate, 571-490-7117, or simply visit his website at anyhomeloans.com. Remember, you want control when you're making an offer on a home. Get your loan first certificate. Call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage, 571-490-7117. Troy Turow and McLean Mortgage Corporations, NMLS number 5618 and 99665. Remember those kids that you keep your kids away from? Those kids that society doesn't seem to know what to do with? That kid you saw on the street corner last week? Remember that kid that, well, you feel sorry for? The dropout. The pregnant teen, the drug addict. Those are the kids that Youth for Tomorrow wants to reach. And Youth for Tomorrow has reached nearly 800 children since opening its doors in 1986. That's 800 young men and women helped to become responsible and effective members of society. The founder and chairman of Youth for Tomorrow, former Washington Redskins coach and current NASCAR team owner Joe Gibbs, says if we don't do what we can to influence our young people, there are plenty of others who will in the wrong direction. For more information about Youth for Tomorrow, call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You can help turn a negative into a positive. Call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense with Dina Ology in studio, our financial and retirement expert. Taking your phone calls at 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. You can call that number right now with any questions that you have about anything that we're talking about today. Or even if we're not talking about it. If it's financially related, we can answer those questions. I can't, but Dina can, and she's here. <laughs> I bet I you can, could. I could I'm, try. I bet you can answer a few. You've been at this a while. I could answer a few, and I'll, hopefully I would get them right. But you're here to correct me when I make those errors. Indeed. Indeed I am. So before the break, we were talking about the basics of estate planning. I've made the, I have made the, the edict that everyone should have a will. Yes, you did. You're I, on I, record. I said that. I am on record. No going back. Nope. I have also said that if you want privacy in how your estate is administered after your death, if you want some ability to control how the assets are distributed once you pass away, you should at the very least talk to your estate planning attorney about whether a trust is right for you. Mm -hmm. I talked about a durable power of attorney to designate someone who handles your affairs if you can't, and then the medical 
power of attorney, uh, the medical directive to let the doctors in the hospital know to what extent they should keep you alive in, in an extreme circumstance. You also talked about the fact that when it comes to retirement in the states that it's not just for the rich. It is absolutely not just for the rich. One thing that I neglected to mention, and I do want to go back a little bit, if you have a, a will and a trust combination, you can have the will be designed as what's called a pour-over will. Uh, yeah, yeah, huh? <laughs> uh, I know, right? What would you say? Pour-over will, pour over will would say at your death, Essentially, everything that passes through this will needs to pour into the trust that I established. Oh, that's kind of cool. So you may establish a trust, put your house in it, put your bank accounts in it, put your brokerage account in it, and you may forget something. Oh, and that's what the pour over is for. Enter the pour over will. Nice. So you have just done a couple of things. You've kept things private. You've kept things out of probate. You've kept the amount of control that you want to make sure that your wishes are adhered to. So when we talk about probate and then we talk about a will and that whole process, probate process, that doesn't have to happen at all if you've got some of these things set up? If, if, you, are, if you have passed away, you will have to file in your county that, well, your, your, uh, your successor or mm-hmm. your, you know, your surviving spouse or your child, someone will have to file with the county you live in that you have passed away. But if there is nothing to go through the probate process, you fill out some paperwork, you're done. If you don't do a little bit of planning, the probate process can last months, and it can be very costly. Mm. So if you, if, if you have some assets, or heaven forbid, if you still have minor children and you haven't legally designated who would raise those children in your absence, you at least need to do a will. Mm-hmm. I hear a lot of people talking about, well, I've got all these nice antiques or I've got these fancy things in my house that I'd like to give to my family. But are those things that you can put in a trust? You absolutely can. Should you? To keep things out of probate, a trust is a very, very nice vehicle for that. Just about anything you can put in there. You can. Anything that has designated ownership. Mm. Right. Well, would you designate ownership of something and then put it in the trust? If, if I have a piece of artwork hanging on my wall, let's say I have a, a, a gorgeous Picasso that is worth a lot of money. I'm sure you do, actually. But go ahead. Actually, I don't. <laughs> but thank you. Um, I own it. I bought it. I own it. Right. If I want to designate ownership of my Picasso to my trust, I'm going to designate my Picasso to my trust. And then the beneficiary of the trust receives that. Correct. Correct. Now, there are things like that, personal effects, jewelry, tools, cars, things like that, that can be handled with some general language in either the the pour over will or the trust. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my art collection goes to the, the Chapel Springs Assembly of God. Right. Right. That that's handled. Quick story in my family. We recently had, uh, well, not recently. It's been several years now. There was a death in the family. Mm -hmm. And the surviving siblings and children uh, basically went to the home and put their sticker on the things because they weren't designated on things that they wanted. Right. Which I don't find a very nice way of doing things. But, I mean, it was okay for for those folks. I wasn't a part of that process. I kind of wonder if that's just a little bit 
late to the game planning? It, it really just depends. I have some elderly clients who have started giving things to their children now. Before they pass. Yes. That makes sense. Can they kind of explain what, you know, what it means to them? And, mm-hmm. and they get alive. to see them enjoy it. Yeah, that makes sense. I like that. So there's a lot of different ways to handle this. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the, the legal documentation side of sure, it. Sure, sure. And, and from a legal documentation side, at least you need a will a durable power of attorney, and a health care directive. I guess where I was going with that is that if you have like a Picasso and you have some other physical items, mm-hmm. you want one to go to one child and another to go to another child, that doesn't fit well with a trust because the trust wouldn't be able to say, I want this individual piece sure to can. this beneficiary. Oh, it can. Sure it can. Oh, Your trust was... can say anything you want it to say within the bounds of what is legal. And gotcha. it's absolutely legal for me to say I want my Picasso to go to your dog Fluffy. So they, I don't know. They fit in a. That was my poodle, Fluffy. Fluffy, but yeah. They, oh, they, I thought it was honey. <laughs> honey. Yes. <laughs> well, they fit into the instructions. In other words, there's That's special right. instructions within the trust that makes that happen. Correct. Oh, I'm learning stuff today. Yes. Great. Yes. Yes. Excellent. So, one other piece of the estate planning conversation that I would be completely remiss if I didn't mention, and that's beneficiary designations. Mm-hmm. So. I had a, a, a very nice conversation with a client this week who wanted to argue with me on whether or not a beneficiary designation supersedes or trumps a will. Don't argue with denology. I'm yeah, just telling you to do Not on stuff. something like this. You know, you can argue with me about other stuff, but not this. <laughs> okay. Because I will tell you, and I, I'm right about this. Okay. So just, just trust me here. Just, just say it. Okay. A beneficiary designation overrides anything you have in your will. Even the instructions? Even the instructions. Oh. A beneficiary designation overrides anything you have in your trust. My goodness. Okay. To the degree that there is a lot of case law out there where people have forgotten to change their beneficiary designations after they have been divorced and remarried. Hmm. Let me explain this to you very, very simply. If you divorce and remarry and you die with your ex-spouse still listed as beneficiary of your 401k plan, the ex-spouse is getting the 401k plan. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Done. I don't care what your will says. I don't care what your trust says. That's the big trump factor right there. It is. It Mm. is. Um, So in addition to making sure you've got your legal documents in order, again, that's your will, that's your power of attorney, that's your medical directive, I suggest actually sort of demand all of my clients to do a full beneficiary audit once a year. That's where you call the different companies and say, hey, I have an account with your company. Can you please send me written confirmation of who my beneficiaries are on this account. Most of that's available online. You can see that online. Uh, so, sometimes. Yeah. Some companies still don't list that. A lot of the, the retirement plan administrators now have that online, so mm-hmm. it's very easy to see. If, if that's the case, once a year, go in and print it off. The big deal is to check it and make sure that it's there. A couple of years back, I had a husband and wife client sitting with me They were both federal government employees, and I was having this beneficiary audit conversation with them. And the husband says, well, I don't have to check it. I filled that paperwork out myself, and I Uh sent it in. (laughs) And I said, I said, that's great. Will you humor me and just log in, and let's take a look? 
logged into his federal thrift savings plan, no beneficiary on file. Logged into the wife's, no beneficiary on file. They were both blown away because he had filled out the paperwork, had copies of it in a file at home. He did everything correctly. But for some, some reason, didn't put it in well, it's not even necessarily that. But over time, computer systems change software, they change hardware, and there's a data loss that occurs mm. whenever those systems change. Wow. That's why we at Rosenthal Wealth Management Group are so adamant that our clients do this beneficiary audit at least once a year. So with no beneficiary on file when it comes to federal retirement, is it the uh, designated that it'll just go into the surviving spouse or the surviving children, or is there a line of succession there? There is typically with retirement plans, there is a line of succession that is clearly uh, put into the plan documents. Mm, okay. So that wouldn't have been a horrific thing, possibly. It wouldn't have been. However, if you wish to have a primary beneficiary and contingents listed, you want to have that put down specifically because the the order of succession listed by the thrift savings plan or by your 401k plan, that may not be exactly what you want. Well, you've just kind of gone back to the beginning of my question that I had earlier about having multiple items within a trust and you want them to go to different people. If you only designated one beneficiary, they're going to make that decision regardless of what you put in the instructions. So would you need to put all of those individuals as beneficiaries as well? How would you do that? I think I understand what you just asked me, <laughs> but I'm not 100% sure. I have a Picasso and I have a car in my trust. Yes. And I, and I want the car to go to Junior and I want the Picasso to go to Anne in my, in my list. Then you would say that. So that's the instructions. Yes. Are they considered beneficiaries by default? Because I know that there's a beneficiary designation underneath all of that. If you've listed them as specific beneficiaries of specific property okay they are okay. beneficiaries of that specific property. so in theory when you do the instructions and you say beneficiary then that means they are beneficiary in the correct trust. okay okay i got it now. yes correct I, i'm a little thick-headed but it gets through eventually <laughs> sooner or later sooner or later we have a breakthrough yeah, <laughs> yeah there's been a light that's gone on what can i tell you i i can't stress it enough beneficiary designations are among the most important piece of estate planning that you'll ever do. If they're wrong and you don't correct them, the wrong person's going to get your stuff when you die. Yeah. Now, as I said, there's lots and lots of case law around it. If, you, if you're curious, you can look up an article called Pension Pickle. <laughs> okay. It's, it, it Sounds is, funny. Well, it's not funny at all. In fact, it's super-duper sad. Oh, okay. It's a, it's a story out of New York. Uh, a woman... Uh, many, many years ago, became a teacher in New York, and she became part of the New York teacher's pension system. Mm -hmm. Some years after she became a teacher, she got married, and they lived a long, happy life together, and she died with about a million dollars in her New York teacher's pension. Mm, okay. She had never listed her husband as beneficiary of that pension. Her sister was beneficiary from way, way back when she first started teaching. This case went all the way to the Supreme Court. Wow. The Supreme Court said while there is no doubt that this was a happy marriage and that there is no doubt that she would have wanted this money to go to her husband, we have no documentation proving so. 
the original beneficiary designation prevails. Wow. Her husband did not get her million-dollar New York teacher's pension. Uh, the sister did. The sister got it. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there are so many cases out there just like that one. Make sure your beneficiary designations are correct. Make sure they are. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show with Dina Ology in studio, answering your questions. And if you'd like to dial in, here's the phone number, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. We've been talking a lot about estate planning today. I also wanted to kind of uh, give a plug for the um, the plan, the automated plan that you have on your main web page, where you can go in there and put it all together in a nice little container and see where things are going. So if you haven't gotten started with all of these things like trusts and estate plans and where to put your money, Consider starting with a plan from Rosenthal Wealth. Absolutely. And that starts with requesting our financial planning toolkit. Our financial planning toolkit is is an organizer for your finances. It helps you pull together everything that you've accumulated. It helps you get it all in one spot. The next logical step from there is to do the full-blown financial plan. The, the financial plan that we do for our clients accomplishes so many things. First of all, our financial plan is online and accessible to you 24-7. Mm-hmm. Your financial plan is linked to all your various accounts, so the financial plan is updated daily. As the market changes, as the values in your accounts change, your financial plan changes right along with it. In doing that financial plan, we're able to find the potholes. We're able to help you look forward and anticipate some things that could go wrong and put measures in place to counterbalance that. Yeah, I think what's really cool about financial planning when you really think about it, it is that you actually get a chance to think about your goals and have those goals come to life if you actually have it written down to understand what needs to be paid for and how to pay for it. But if you don't do that, it's kind of like a wish. It really never could happen unless you actually see it in writing. Or well, if you do, it's kind of lucky. It's it's the whole fail to plan, plan to fail idea. Oh, amen, yeah. yeah. So, um, and sometimes it's difficult to see beyond your current situation to make plans for the future. So engaging a financial planner at Rosenthal Wealth Management Group can help you look beyond your current circumstances and say, okay, five years from now, what would I like to see in my financial life? Mm -hmm. Ten years from now, what would I like to have accomplished? Fifteen years from now, what does this look like? We're able to actually project out your cash flow for the rest of your life. We're able to project out the growth of your assets, your savings, and what the impact of all of that will be for your family in terms of finances and things that you wish to accomplish. So it's not just when you're thinking about investing, I want to make money, I want to get more money. It's really about getting the goals accomplished, isn't it? It is. One of the most helpful pieces of doing financial planning is understanding what must happen for your family financial plan to be successful. Um, to your point earlier, if you don't make plans, you're kind of shooting in the dark and just hoping it works out okay. Yeah. A financial plan takes that shooting in the dark idea, gets it off of your plate and says, okay, here are three or four or five different possible scenarios for my financial life. Which one do I want to focus on? Mm-hmm. Which one do I think makes the most sense for my family? And that's what we focus on. Once we've got the financial plan put together, and it is in a workable form. It's in a form that the client agrees is good for their family. We monitor that financial plan. It's updated daily through our system. 
and then we make changes as life changes. Mm-hmm. Well, you hear a lot of people that play the lottery and they win this big uh, this jackpot, which is, you know I'm sure feels very nice at the time. But I'll, we've heard uh, the statistics are that if you win the lottery, then in a lot of cases, in a, the majority of cases, in five to ten years, that money's gone. That's right. That's right. Because I have to be honest with you. If I won $100 million today, I would feel like I never had to work again. I would feel like I could never, ever, ever run out of this money. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that y- your spending habits change, your money attitudes change, and next thing you know, what you thought would last forever is gone. But if you plan around it, regardless of what that inheritance is, another good example. A lot of people will just run right through their inheritance. But if you plan around it and you really have a good financial planner, it can last a lifetime if it's done correctly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and let me just say, just like with estate planning, financial planning is not just for the fabulously wealthy. Financial planning is for anyone who wants to make the most of every dollar they're bringing in. Financial planning is for anyone who wants to help their family move forward in life and knows that they need financial resources to make that happen. And that can be for the person who's trying to live from paycheck to paycheck or the young person who's just getting started. That's even more vital because then they have a lot longer time. Absolutely. Absolutely. 855-767-3123 is the phone number to call. 855-ROSE-123. If you'd like to dial in, you can do so now. Don't forget, you can also get the Financial Planning Toolkit. There's an option when you dial in for you to push to allow you to get that information sent over to our office and and, uh, get that taken care of. Again, 855-767-3123. More of the Larry Rosenthal Show with Dinaology in the house coming up. Stay tuned. You are listening to Making Money Sense Live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Have you ever wanted to be part of something big? Nonprofit organization called Stars Children Africa. Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life? Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise. Now you can be part of something that brings hope. What we do is we actually pay for the school fees. For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around 500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the, the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494, or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703 703- 201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money. Since I have a few minutes here left in the program, and some folks on hold to ask you some questions, Dina. So let's pick up Anita and get started with that. What's your question for Dina? Good morning. Good morning. Um. Is it, is it a requirement to have the financial planning toolkit? A requirement? No. A requirement okay. for, for what? To do a financial well, plan I, or to speak with one of us? Yes. 
Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's a great question, though, and I'm glad you asked it because there are some folks I'm sure that are thinking the same thing. Well, sure. The financial planning toolkit is is really something for you to use to get your finances in order. Sometimes people will request this just for their own for their own organizational purposes. It's as the financial planner, it's very nice for me to see things in one place. But no, it's absolutely not required for me to talk with you. Okay. That's great, Anita. I tell you what, would you like us to move that forward? We'll put you on hold, and you can talk to uh, Bob about setting up an appointment. I certainly will. Okay. Thanks, Anita. Anita. Hang on. Jerry's on the line with us. What's your question for Dina, Jerry? Uh, Yes. Um, When my husband passed away 11 years ago, the first thing I did was I went to an attorney and got a, a trust set up. Hey. The, the one thing he would not do is he wouldn't answer my questions. And then the one the one reason I left there is because he said once I passed away, they would charge my daughter $800 an hour to process the estate. Well, Ouch. I didn't want to pass that kind of expense on to my children. Oh, my goodness. $800 an hour? Hour, yes. And it was in writing. So then I thought, and that was expensive to buy that plan. It was um, was $5,000, I think. So then I went to one of the seminars, and I thought I liked what I saw or what I heard. And I went to that person, uh, uh, Office of Attorneys, and I had another uh, trust drawn up. I'm a government employee. I have a TSP and, you know, so on. And... Um, uh, I just feel listening to you. I just and I have felt over the over the time that things are very lackadaisical. It's in place. I have it, but you know, you're talking about designating uh, all of your estate pictures and things. He never ever suggested that whatsoever. And I have a couple of pictures that were hang that hung in the National Gallery of Art. Oh my! That he purchased with a ticket on the back of the. Uh, the frame and the frame was from Belgium. Two frames were from Belgium. Mm-hmm, Gorgeous mm-hmm. pictures. Um, you know, I have certain things I like to designate to my children, and that none of that's been done. And so that was another five thousand dollars I spent. And I just oh. feel like I'm just left. And when you talk about the designation of of beneficiaries, uh, they just said put it all in the trust name, and I'm now I'm feeling feeling very uncomfortable with that. Jerry, where are you located? Are you in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia? I'm in Maryland. Okay, all right. Tell you what, I would like to talk with you about this uh, not on the air. So can yeah. I have Bob get your information, and you and I speak sometime next week? Sure. Okay. Fine. Okay, Jerry, I made some notes on the phone call. I will talk with you next week. Do not Thank fret. You so much. Thank you. Thanks, right. Jerry. I'm so Thanks. glad you called. I think that uh, you can definitely be helped. And Absolutely. There are some other folks, I'm sure, that are feeling that same thing. And if you do feel that, you can always call this telephone number during the week or at any time, and you will get help. And there's no charge to start that process. And, None. And there's not this $800 an hour kind of a thing and all of that. Yeah. It's a little wow. scary, huh? <laughs> 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123 to, to call anytime. Uh, to find out information. Well, we have we have reached the end of another program today. I just want to recap everything we've talked about. First of all, last week the Dow hit 22,000. Don't let this freak you out. That doesn't mean a crash is imminent. Talk with your financial advisor about rebalancing that portfolio. 
talked about estate planning, your three most basic estate planning documents, your will, your durable power of attorney, and your health care directive. Discuss with your estate planning attorney whether a revocable living trust is right for you and your family. And as always, if you have any questions, please give us a call. Get those beneficiary audits done at least once a year. And that number is 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE123, or LarryRosenthal.com. Thanks for joining us again, Dina. It's always a pleasure to have you in studio. hope you're coming back again soon. I hope so, too. For Dina and Bob in the back, my name is Chris McKay. Have a great week. We'll talk to you again next time on another edition of the Larry Rosenthal Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.